Yo, 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 yo. What's up? Welcome back to the Chiss Ascendancy. Oh, frick, I did the whole me. thing. <laughs> I'm so chill right now that I did the whole thing. Welcome back to... Uh, full disclosure, Josiah has not smoked weed, contrary to all appearances. I'd like to make his name clear. Hey, man. Even though he looks like he's wearing those half sunglasses to keep the smoke out of his eyes. I'm doing it to keep the Rona. If you wear sunglasses... That makes just as much sense as everything else, I guess. Through your eyes. Yeah. Did you see that meme I posted where it's Thor from Ragnarok and it's like, you're going to catch the virus? And he's like, what if I do this? I sent that to you. What? Yeah, I sent you that meme. Not if I do this. I I saw it on Facebook and reposted it. Maybe I sent it before and I didn't see it. I don't know. All right, guys. Welcome back to... We gotta modify because we're doing the chill. The chill. Yes. Episode 25. Today, we're talking about... We're going to be talking about one of my all-time favorite Jedi. One if of the greatest. you can't tell by this book that's prominently placed in the front of the display. Uh, Quinlan Voss. I guess his name is really small down here. Star Wars is really big. But it's a book about Quinlan Voss. So the reason we're just super chill today is because Quinlan Voss is the chillest Jedi of all time. He is. He's really chill. Uh, so chill, in fact, that the writers for his episodes of The Clone Wars, he's featured in the Hunt for Zero story arc because of his unique abilities. He makes him... Uh, a good tracker. A, yeah, a good tracker, a likely candidate for hunting down high fugitives. And so uh, they literally quote the Big Lebowski for his character. Yeah, he says... A verbatim quote from the Big Lebowski. That's just your opinion, man. It's like, your your opinion, man. (laughs) So, Quinlan Voss, um, that's what we're talking about today. (sighs) Nothing really in the way of news. Uh, If you're a Thrawn fan, which if you're not by now and you're still watching this, what are you doing? Um, the prologue for Thrawn Ascendancy Chaos Rising, the first of the new Thrawn trilogy, kind of the prequel to the Thrawn trilogy that Timothy Zahn recently came out with. The first book's coming out September 1st, but the prologue... The prologue's available now. ...for said book is available now on StarWars.com. Which is pretty cool. I... I'm with. I'm. I'm trying to hold back. I feel like we should cover it, but I also feel like I want to read it or slash listen to it for the first time when it comes out. Yeah, I'll let you know about it. We've told you, but I always like to see it all at once. I'm not a big. I'm not a big fan of when bands like they'll release an album one song at a time. Oh yeah, that sucks. Yeah. So that's basically what this is, but literature. It's just not chill, man. You got to read everything chill. at once, it's dog. Not chill. episode couldn't start off more relaxed we're recording this at like 9 30 at night yeah which is uh anywhere from 8 to 12 hours later than we would typically record oh Uh-oh. our studio audience <laughs> is interrupting the tape oh that's funny. Fla- flag on the play there adam party foul uh so we are talking today about Quinlan Voss. Quinlan Voss. And uh, Quinlan's cool because he's he's classic George Lucas. He's His entrance is classic George. Classic George, which it's, hey, here's a background character sitting in a bar in this random scene, and I'm going to make him your favorite character. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was just, it. real world, let's get real. This character in the background of the Phantom Menace, like an extra up here for you. Yeah, he was just an extra, and I believe George, like somebody had written the Quentin Voss character already, and George appreciated the character so much that he he made it law. Well, I think what happened was Dark Horse Comics was making material between mm-hmm. episodes one and two, or two and three. I can't remember. But anyway, they, both they see this character, that's true, so they see this character, right? Mm-hmm. And they go, hey, here's a cool guy. 
what if this guy is a Jedi? Mm-hmm. And what if he has, you know, Ayla Secura as his yeah. Padawan and all this stuff. So anyways, they start fleshing it out. And George takes such a shine to their building of this character. Um, you know, one of the cool things was Saw Gerrera was the first character ever to be a cartoon first and then put on screen. Mm-hmm. And Quinlan is kind of in that similar vein where he was on screen, but he became so prominent in the comics and stuff for the fans, mm-hmm. uh, huge fan favorite, as the prequels were being written and filmed and all that stuff, that they actually bring him into vocabulary canon, if that makes sense, in yeah. episode three, where Obi-Wan says, Master Voss is in Ball's yeah. Pity. And so it's just kind of a... It's one of those Georgisms where it's like, hey, here's a cool thing. You know what I mean? And we're going to make it a big deal. Yeah. And I couldn't be more grateful. He's one of my favorite Jedi. He's a cool case study for a lot of different concepts because he's so unique in so many aspects. Yes. Um, Some of the things... So we're going to talk about some of the pertinent legends. We're going to mostly stick to canon just because it's... I mean, I guess that's what there really is to talk about now. Right. Um, but there is way more material in Legends. There's way more Legends material. Simply because there are so many... I think there are like five or six... Let's take a look. Uh, different... There's uh, a bunch. Six, six different comic series. Yeah. About and one I, specifically. And, and, yeah. Th- those are him as the main character. There's mm-hmm. others that I'm sure yeah. he's in there as a supporting actor or whatever. Yeah. Supporting role. But um, one of the things that's really cool about Quinlan is... Uh, you know, in the newer books... I think, or I think, actually, in Plagueis, which is pre-canon, but in Plagueis, he talks about one cannot create Sith lightning without having felt the pain of Sith lightning beforehand. And um, hmm. now we have an interesting chicken and egg. What comes first? Yeah, right. Who, who was who did it to the first one? Right. So what's weird is in the comics, Quinlan has this thing where he has... Uh, now, this is Legends, but mm-hmm. in the comics, he has this moment that happens where his memory is wiped. Yeah, so... Like, not... not. Yeah, we can talk about I that. I hit... Comment. You know, I, I got hit on the head and I don't remember. Yeah. It's like on-purpose memory wiped. Yeah, thing. so this is kind of an overlap um, with... Actually, Bib Fortuna was involved because he was, uh, you know, kind of at the head of the pack, or I guess he was riding people's coattails within Ryloth, within... Uh, the Twi'lek culture and right. he's intertwined with which the is so huts. crazy because in canon the Twi'leks are being more and more made into be like these hero heroine type characters right. but then and there's in Legends the they outliers. are skeevy yeah um, and so anyway they drug him and make him lose all his memory and they kind of dump him and then I think probably the Huts put a price on his head because at the very beginning of the comic he's trying to escape from Nar Shaddaa right um, and he's got kind of a Hondo character, who's a Deveronian. His name is uh, Vilmar Krark, but they just, he calls himself Vili. He always talks in the third person. Mm-hmm. He's a Deveronian. If you don't know what a Deveronian is, uh, watch A New Hope. And it's the guy who looks kind of like uh, Joe Pesci from, <laughs> from Home Alone. And he's just sitting there like... Yeah. Like he put a whoopee cushion under Han's seat and he's just like looking around waiting for it. They have it. like reddish skin and they have yeah. these two like basically a yeah. classic devil yeah. horns kind of exactly. look. Um, so what's crazy is again back into it's weird because one of the things that is beautiful about the new canon mm-hmm. is that there's not very many contradictions. Mm-hmm. In the in the EU when it's just like George is just signing for things with both hands. <laughs> write it, write it, draw it, who cares? Nancy, I need to work on my petted dexterity so I can sign three to four contracts all at once. I need my toes. Yeah, so uh, in those char- in those type of things, there is overlap and there is kind of a lapse in, in uh, parallelism, if mm. you will. Um, but Plagueis talks about you can't create Sith Lightning until you felt the, the pain from it or the steam right. from it. But Quinlan right. Voss has this natural affinity for the dark side. Yeah, and is able to create lightning. Interesting things about him is that he, in his natural state, right, because uh, we see him as a Padawan, and he and Obi Wan kind of have that interesting dynamic that they have in the Clone Wars. Yeah, where very similar to Obi Wan's too uptight. 
Quinlan's too loose, and so they're like they make actually a very good yeah, pair. Yeah, a very good pair because they're so different because they have such complementary strengths. Which is it's very similar to imagine Anakin and Obi Wan grow up together instead of Obi Wan being his right master. Right, very similar. Now imagine imagine Anakin and Quinlan Boss. No, imagine Qui Gon as Anakin's master. Yeah. They'd never get any work done. Well, I think the thing with... Yeah, if they're just like shooting from the hip... Dude, now imagine can you imagine Uncle... how many rules would be broken? Yeah. I don't know if you've read Master and Apprentice, but Obi-Wan is constantly butthurt about how Qui-Gon's the rules, yeah. bending all the rules. And then one time Qui-Gon's like, well, fine, go read a book. And Obi-Wan's <laughs> like, I'm trying to loosen up, Master. But imagine if like... Then take this paper and wipe your butt with it. <laughs> Liam Neeson's natural <laughs> accent comes out. That's so funny. Um, imagine a world where Qui-Gon and Quinlan Voss and Anakin Skywalker are sent on a mission together. Oh, my God. And 24 hours later, the they're in Vegas. It. <laughs> it's like the hangover the Star for Star hangover. Wars. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, anyway, to get but back it's to interesting the central point. By the end of that first story in this omnibus... Um, or maybe it's the second story or whatever, there's this moment where Palpatine is like... Palpatine's scouting him out You're on the board replacement. Yeah. For Dooku. Because, uh, especially in Legends, uh, Quinlan was one of the foremost duelists. He's one of three or four that was uh, a good user of what's called Vapad, mm-hmm. which is Form 7. Form 7, also known as the Way of the Vornsker, which is sick. Yeah. Deep cut there. Uh, Heir to the Empire cut. A Vornsker is an animal that hunts using the forest. Mm -hmm. So imagine a lion, or I guess more like a black panther, and they're hunting using the forest. And deeper cut in Heir to the Empire, Thrawn has this lizard-looking, salamander-looking thing. I always always kind of thought of it as like a sloth, the way it's described. But I guess it's reptilian? The picture definitely... the, The little... The toys and the the comics and stuff make it look more reptilian. Yeah, but think characteristics of a sloth. Yeah, I mean, they're so slow that their fingers grow into the branches around them. It's pretty ballin'. Pretty slothy. Pretty ballin'. But they're they're able to be so patient because over time they evolve, and around them there is a bubble that that negates the force. A force vacuum. And yeah. so um, the Vor- they're called so, Islamari. By yeah, the way. yeah. So it's, they're on this one planet called Merkur, mm-hmm. and the Vornskers hunt using the Force, and they're the predator. And so the Islamari the, have a yeah. natural adaptation to be a Force vacuum, They've so that they can't be hunted. To where they can't be hunted. But imagine. So basically, but imagine because the planet's covered in them. Right, right, right. But, but the planet's essentially a Force vacuum. So the way of the Vornsker, Form Seven is basically using the force to hunt. Right. So it's um it's, it's so funny. The, it's of all the most the, aggressive. Yeah, of all form. the deep cut Star Wars lore I know, I don't know why, but I just don't know any of the forms. I yeah, it was most deeply described, I feel, in Bane mm-hmm. and Path of Destruction especially. Um but I, it, it just never really stuck. Right, so... That spaghetti's not well done. Yeah, so... Right, right off the wall. <laughs> okay, so uh, basically Vapad or Form 7, my preferred name is the way of the Vornsker, uh, but it's an aggressive thing where the light side user basically draws on the dark within themselves mm-hmm. to augment their powers, and if there's a dark side user they're fighting you actually siphon off their dark side to strengthen yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's so dangerous because you start to feel that umph, mm-hmm. that extra, hmm, or something. Yeah, I kind of think There's of a it, little cocaine in my cocaine cola. I kind of think of it uh, to parallel Avatar The Last Airbender yet again. I think of it as redirecting lightning. You know, he's not necessarily bending the lightning. But Uncle Iroh stuff. Yeah, he's using the dark and channeling it. Yeah. You know, for now imagine there's a character by the name of Sora Bulk who is a weak way Jedi Master, which I don't know how that vibes because <laughs> weak ways are supposed to be like <laughs> mentally handicapped, but he's a Jedi Master and uh, I think his he, character was so cool. He may have been one of Mace Windu's apprentices at a, at the at a time, and that's why he learned Vapad from Mace. 
but the darkness corrupted him. Mm. So it's kind of like you get that little sip of cocaine cola and you can't quit it, and it just turns into a full-on heroin addiction. You didn't even you didn't even trick me. I knew exactly where that was going. He but the fans at like, home knew what were going on. What if I could if just? You keep doing that. People are gonna think you're on heroin the way you're dressed right now. What? I'm awake. For now. Um. <laughs> you look like you know what you're doing. So. Well, you know, you, you watched it enough times, you turned to pick up some tricks. Dang. Dad's a weird guy. I'm just kidding. Uh, so, you, uh, so anyways, he is very powerful. He's one of the only, you know, four or five or six people in the history of the Jedi it's Order. It's a very small number. Who's able to Thinking learn about, about but Jedi also really use Form 7, right. the way of the Vornsker. And uh, so anyways, he's he's that weird flirtation with the light and the dark. Now, let's get a little bit, before we go story-wise down the road, let's get into this whole Grey Jedi. Yeah, so I actually on. recently, and it's going to come up more because we're going to talk about canon. The biggest Quinlan Voss canon material we have is right here, Dark Disciple. Dark Disciple! Which is a very cool book if you haven't read it. Phenomenal story. Very good. Um, and it fleshes out... Uh, Ventress as well, and Dooku a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know some of the characters that you see a decent amount of. We have gotten of. the best Dooku that we've ever gotten in the last four or five years. Yeah, through novels. Yeah, for between sure. Dark Disciple and De- Jedi Lost well, and, and Master was, and Apprentice. It's because he was such an important character in episodes two and three. Right, but it's not explained at all. Well, it's weird because he's in God knows how many episodes of the Clone Wars, mm-hmm. but it's. It's almost representative of what an enigma he is within the Star Wars universe itself. Yeah. You know, that he is just beyond comprehension for those on the outside. Well, it's weird because he's in there so much. And, like, think about Ahsoka. Whenever you saw her in theaters at first, you were like, oh, my God, I hope she dies. Like, man, I hope they find this little baby hut so they get the reward. <laughs> but if Ahsoka dies on the way, meh, so be it. And, uh, a but, life for a life? You know, by the <laughs> end, you know, by the end of... Uh, of you kind of like her season seven. You're like, okay, well, I'm I'm with this. Like you're rooting for her, mm-hmm. you know. Except for against Maul, I'm definitely rooting for Maul ten times out of ten. But it it's like she's a huge draw within the community because that character has been so developed. Right. And I feel like Dooku's gotten the opposite end, where it's like he's just been cast by the wayside time and time and time again yeah. by the mainstream media, and that's why these books, Dark Disciple, Dooku, Jedi mm-hmm. Lost, and Master and Apprentice, really, really, really work together for his good. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's interesting because he's such a chill guy, and that's, I would say... Who, Dooku or No, sorry, Voss. I'm getting back to Voss. Uh, I was like, Dooku, Dooku is very chill. composed. Um, but I wouldn't say he's chill. No, 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 no. But he wouldn't be rocking this 60, outfit. 60% of Voss's identity is just being chill. No, I could see Quinlan Quinlan Voss wearing the exact outfit I'm wearing, driving through to get a late-night munchie meal at Jack in the Box. He's not real Avaros. He's got some standards. Mm, they're limited. Yeah, but they're not like. He would definitely wear Averroes. this. He definitely wear this and go get a, a late night. What's it called? A munchie meal? Maybe. Bro, the munchie Some, meals are dope. I'll never forgive them for taking away the double dia. At, ta- at Jack of the Box. Oh, Taco Bell. Sorry, I went to Taco Bell. I think at meals at three in the morning. I think Taco Bell. No, no, no. Jack in the Box has the munchie meals, and you can get like a double. It's a grilled cheese cheeseburger. Diabetes in a bun. When does these start? Because if these are going to be rolling out, eleven o'clock. But and they also will uh, get mixed fries, so it can be regular and curly fries. Well, guys, you are getting some some really important information here. They'll mix the fries. Yeah. Bro, when does munchie meals start? I'm about to go get a munchie meal after this, dog. But yeah, so he's a really chill Jedi. He's a Jedi Master, which is obviously a difficult rank to attain. Yeah, I always forget that he's a Jedi Master. Right. And I think part so of the reason I forget that is... He's risen through the ranks alongside Obi-Wan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not exactly like he's, he's just got a really crappy more, class. Hear me out. Hot take. He's probably stronger in the Force than Obi-Wan. Raw talent. Unleash the beast. I don't know. I don't know. 
because Obi-Wan's strength is his connection and his steadiness and his you know what I'm saying? But Obi-Wan was I was think, in the, under the shroud of the dark side in episodes 1 to 3 as well. I think Obi-Wan's real strength is revealed in the fact that he was exposed to even stronger stressors than Quinlan was and did not succumb to the dark side. Yeah, I'm saying raw power, right. raw talent. Quinlan probably has the upper leg on Obi Wan. Maybe. You know what I'm saying? To quote my favorite. Obi Wan's the better. Oh my god, that was loud. Sorry, Obi Wan is. <laughs> Obi Wan's the better Jedi. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm saying. No, I get what you're saying. I just one v one. I don't want to make powers. a comment until I've had time to digest your audacious claim. Well, come on, we're sh- we're, we're we're shooting the breeze here. Uh, apples and oranges here. You're literally comparing two completely like opposite ends of the spectrum here. I get what you're saying. I just I have no comment. More this raw time. talent. Boom. Quillen Voss. Yes or no? It doesn't work like that. What? What do you mean? It doesn't work like that? It doesn't work like that. What? What doesn't work? That's what I'm asking. I I, I mean your mind being made up. No, or? I don't. I don't just like make snap decisions. That's not who I am. Okay, I guess here's what I mean. I'm Obi Wan here, buddy. More <laughs> more raw talent. Blake I know what Griffin you're saying. has more raw talent than Giannis Antetokounmpo, but this, Giannis this is more This analogy is not going anywhere for me. What do you mean? I, I don't even know who the second person you said is. You don't know who Giannis Antetokounmpo is? That's what I said. That's what I said. I don't watch basketball, man. Oh, God. Okay, well, whatever. I'm trying to think of, like, other things that you would know. Um, no Star Wars. I mean, I get what you're yeah, saying. Well, I, I understand. I'm trying to give you an analogy for the other thing that you won't give me an answer on. Making it an out, I'm telling you, I understand what you're saying. I just don't have a solid it's opinion. It's okay on to it give a brash point. answer if you disagree. We're just, we only have an hour. Mm. Anyway, well, uh, you keep going. I'm looking at what time the late night munching meals start. <laughs> anyway, for like the 20th time, I'm going to finally finish this thought. He is a very chill guy, but when he loses his memory, his natural bent is to the dark side. 9 p.m. And Mace Windu specifically reaches out to him. Here when, I come. Yes. When Quinlan is trying to get his grips on things, and he's really lost sight of anything that's important because he has no memories. He has psychometry, um, which we've mentioned in passing, but I don't think we specifically stated it. Which means that he can yeah, touch this is an the object. most important thing about his. He can touch an object, and this ability isn't unique to a species, but the Kifar, uh, natives of the planets Kifu and Kifex are prone to psychometry, which means they can touch an object and they can read its history. They can see images and scenes attached to them. But when Quinlan touches his own object, i.e. his lightsaber, he sees his memories, but he has no emotional attachment to them. They're facts. They're not right. memories, right. really. And so Windu's uh, trying to reach out to him. He's saying, hey, you are you know, big time exposed to the dark side. It's going to try to prey on you because he is honestly, I mean... He's not, I think he's not qualified for the Jedi Council because he's such a loose cannon, but he's one of the most powerful Jedi in the in the Order, mm-hmm. which means he's one of the most powerful Jedi in, hey, Obi-Wan is on the Council. He's, one <laughs> he's of the on most, the Council he's, because he's a do-gooder. Because he's a good, powerful Jedi. He is as wise as Master Yoda and as powerful as Master Windu. Hey, that's a good answer. Uh, and... But he's one of the most powerful Jedi and beings in the galaxy at this point. Yes. And so the dark side obviously will try to prey on that, and he's very vulnerable to that. It's just one of those interesting dynamics within this character um, solely in the aspect that his natural personality is so relaxed, so laissez-faire, and when he loses Ooh. his memory... A daggum language lesson right in the middle yeah. of the podcast. He is pulled to the dark side to the point where he has intent to murder. He's killing folks left and right. He doesn't understand the Force, but he's using it doesn't give to an incredible degree. Yeah. And naturally channels Force lightning to the point where it actually startles his apprentice, Ayla Sakura. Right. And the thing is that he's... It's weird because he's got that natural bent towards the dark... Um, and I think that Mace Windu is kind of the only person who can really say, hey, you need to chill out with that. Mm-hmm. Because Mace, Mace is, is the, the one that has the really strongest connection to yeah. him on that level. Yeah. Because Mace kind of... 
He's, I don't know he if he's one of the forerunners. I think he may have invented or perfected vape pad. Yeah. I know he uses it to like. I think that vape pad is one of the reasons that he was able to beat Palpatine. You know if my Palpatine on that. did yeah. it. I think I think Palpatine was pulling punches. Really? Yeah, I think so. I feel like I've asked you that before and you haven't given me that answer. I feel like I've said that before. Oh. Well, I totally agree. No, I feel like Palpatine's pulling punches. Um but that's not what we're here to discuss. So here's the thing. Okay, so in in Legends material, he um he's on Kashyyyk after Boss Pity and is attacked during Order 66 and barely survives mm-hmm. and he actually has a son with some lady uh i don't remember who it is but anyways um and he barely survives and he i think him and kukruk escape together and you never really hear of him again after episode three mm. um now in i was wondering if you would come up in rebels or if he would come up maybe even in Fallen Order when you're seeing people yeah. who are looking for surviving masters. Yeah. But I didn't get any well, of that. Well, I was going to say, in canon, we don't know anything. Yeah, we don't know what happens behind for him after Boz episode Pity, 3. Except for here recently, there's a Vader comic where Vader is training the Inquisitors and they're hunting down Jocasta Nu. They're mm-hmm. looking for Jocasta Nu because she has the knowledge of... Of where all these also, forces are. We talked about this before, are. but she uses a gun that basically uses a lightsaber to shoot lightsaber bolts. It's freaking sick. Yeah, it's pretty dope. It's freaking raw. Um, so, and it's supposedly it's like stronger than a lightsaber. Yeah. Just think of a blaster, but it's a lightsaber blaster. I mean, and you know what's kind of funny is I can see people getting butthurt over that, but they uh, use Kyber for the Death Star. Right. Well, I think it's really Seems funny. To work pretty efficiently. That, uh, it's just somewhere in, like, this book room. Yeah. You know, she's running, she's like, where is it, where is it? Yeah. That makes sense, because, like... I don't know, usually, it just seems hilarious that such a powerful relic would Well, she kind of reminds around. me of, like, Dumbledore, where it's like, I dare say I have too Dumbledore many things. Dumbledore would know exactly where that weapon was. Well, what I'm saying is, he has an eclectic style. Yeah. I think of it more... Uh, more Gandalf, where he's rifling through books... In the library at Gondor, I believe. I'm just saying there's that one yeah. specific line where Dumbledore says, feel free to break my things here. I dare say I have too many. Yeah, that's Dumbledore knowing perfectly well that he could repair those with a swipe of his wand. <sighs> You're missing the point of what I'm saying. <laughs> so, um, in, uh, can- in canon, though, which is actually, this is one of, the, one of those times where canon gets the upper hand on Legends. And in that comic, he's showing the Grand Inquisitor... Either the Emperor's talking to Vader, but I think it's Vader to the Grand Inquisitor. I can't remember. And they're looking. They're saying, "Okay, here's the list. Here's the one we're looking for." Jocasta knew, mm-hmm. but thank God for those Star Wars nerds out there that know their Arubesh, and they decoded the list right. Mm-hmm. And Quinlan Voss is on the list for Jedi Masters who have not been killed. And so, exactly, as folks. as of right now in canon. You he's, heard it here first. Quinlan Voss is the father of the child. He's presumed alive. He had a baby with Yaddle. Ugh. Oh. I didn't do it. Come on. <laughs> he's supposed to be your favorite guy and you're just throwing him under the bus. Um, so, hey, man. Let's I calls get, him like I sees him. Let's get back into Grey Jedi. So I get asked this all the time. What's a Grey Jedi? Yeah. Are Grey Jedi real? This and this and this. Yeah. Our friend Sean Heath slash old basketball coach would be like, yeah, I'd actually be a gray Jedi. Here's the thing. Sorry to say this, and I'm, you know, I, 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 I'm friends with people who are in a group called the Gray Jedi Brotherhood on Facebook, okay? Sue me. But gray Jedi aren't real. Yeah, and I think they were... I think it was a cool idea, and it was it was it's, allowed to live on in the Legends for a really long time. The thing but is... when Disney bought Star Wars, they really cracked down. But the, here's the thing. Even when, before Disney bought it... If you go on Google right now and you and you put in what is the Jedi code, and it, it'll say there's no motion, there's peace, there's this, there's this. Yeah. If you look up the Sith code, peace is alive, there's only passion, through passion, yada, yada. You look up the great Jedi code, and there's like 50 of them that somebody's written. Right. Well, there's the, no one definitive, this is the great Jedi code. Well, I think that's indicative of the idea that they don't really answer to anyone. But you also have that character in um, the second Bane trilogy who's considered a great Jedi. Um, 
he defected from the Jedi Order because he wanted to just accumulate power. He's willing to use things from the dark side, but he's not a purely dark side user. Yeah, but you he would call that submit a, to Xana. Yeah, but that's a dark Jedi. Yeah, but I think that's the closest thing we have. You know what I mean? But the thought of a gray Jedi is someone who is still within the Order. Yeah, see, I just don't think that that can exist. I just don't think it can exist. Yeah. I, I totally agree. Yeah. I think you can be a force. I think it's you know what I think. I think that what legends people and there's always going to be those people out there that are like Disney screwed over Star Wars. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, they put out five movies in the last couple of years, so I'm grateful because that's five more movies than we were going to get with George. Maybe you know what I'm saying. To quote my so here's the favorite thing. new character. We were never going to get Kylo Ren. Jedi, DJ. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, so here's the thing. Gray Jedi can't exist within the Order because yeah, the Order I is think, strict as strict can be. I think, one, the Jedi Code doesn't make room for it. Right. The second, I would say, and I think this is a great time to discuss it, because Quinlan is an exi- like an excellent case study for this idea. Mm-hmm. Especially since Dark Disciple is the only canon book that we have that's come out that really explores... Uh, what a Jedi goes through when he dabbles in the dark side. Yeah. So, just bullet points. I don't want to ruin the story for anybody who might want to read it. Hey, you've been warned. Spoiler alert. Three, two, one. Go. Cover to cover. The essential portions of Dark Disciple is that Quinlan has been put on assignment. Uh, This is like in the first chapter. You can just say it. Yeah. So, he's been put on assignment essentially to assassinate Dooku. Uh, They've recognized that Dooku is... uh, He just needs to be put down. And so... And it's funny because the person who says this should be done is, is Mace Windu. Mace Windu. <laughs> Easily the most aggressive member of the Jedi Council. Right. Uh, a master of Vapad, the way of the Vornsker. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm going to say that as many times as I can. Right? And the kicker is that he has to team up with Asajj Ventress, who they kind of sent him to find her, and he was essentially undercover as a bounty hunter. They did bounty hunting together. This is after episode two. Isn't there a this, moment this there? This is like late, late. This is what was supposed to be season seven of Clone Wars. At right. Isn't there a late, uh, or isn't there a moment where she's arrested or something, and it's basically, you help us do this, we're, we'll pardon your crimes. I think that after he's revealed, it's it's later in the book. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying eventually, it's he's supposed like, to kind of nudge her that way, yeah, yeah. but then his cover's blown. Um, anyway, so you see Asajj training Quinlan. Cover your ears, folks. He's going to crack a can. Yeah. All right. Oh, he bunged it. I like it. It's chill. So you see Asajj Ventress training him in the ways of the dark side. And mm-hmm. it eventually goes so far that he is no longer answerable to Jedi ideals. Right. Um, that he recognizes he can't stay true Jedi and finish the mission the way that he's kind of seen fit to do it and right. well, it's I mean, so the, much so that dooku is even eventually able to bend him to his will yeah he goes f- he goes full dark side yeah yeah so much for spoilers <laughs> yeah well you said spoiler alert so i was like go for it yeah. here's the thing you know if you're gonna read the book you're still gonna enjoy it yeah um but uh my thing with it is kind of hard to make a point from the book right yeah. so the thing is that you the for the longest time i kept hearing rumors that episode 9 the rise of skywalker is going to be called um the balance of the force or and the will looked, of the force it or from episode 8 like that's the direction they're pushing right um but basically there is a there's an ability for i don't know it's kind of strange so it is where we end up with Rey and who she is as a character and the lessons she's learned from Luke, that Luke has learned from all the other masters, is and what she's learned from Leia and Luke's journal and all that stuff, mm-hmm. is basically more away from the pharisaical view of the Jedi from 1 through 3. I was just going to say, I pulled out a a language lesson. He's going to use a word like pharisaical for uh, your regular Gentile folk out there. 
Uh, that's a reference to the Pharisees in the Bible, and they are a heady, higher knowledge type person, higher than thou. Yeah, they're just uh, common common terminology. Yeah, well, they're they're the the type of person who you know they lord it over you. They oh. they just they know all the rules, but there's no connection to that common man, mm-hmm. and that's kind of how the Jedi got. Yeah, a, a good word would be pious piety. Yeah. So, I, did you like that first sitical? Yeah. There you go. So, um, but Quinlan... is like uh, three steps higher on the brow than uh, <laughs> laissez-faire. So, yeah, that wasn't very chill of me. I apologize. <laughs> um, so, the thing is, though, that um, Ray is much more towards, if you want to use the word gray, yeah. than the Jedi would have been in episode three. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You know what? And I guess it's obviously a contradiction to to Legends material, but you see Ray, who's never been forced Who has lightened. a natural bent towards lightning. And it's interesting also, because I would venture to say that Ray has a stronger natural pull to the dark than Kylo Ren. I would agree with that. They're, because they Kylo yin- keeps feeling the, the call to the light. It's funny because they're dressed and they are yin and yang. Yeah. You know? It, she is white on the outside, but she's got that black dot. He's black on the outside. He's got that white dot, and he feels the call to the light. And when she's no, no, in distress, no, 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 say it. Or if you're with call to the light, the call to the light. And what girl? She's hot. <laughs> and way younger than you, Adam Driver. You sicko. Oh, just kidding. Not a two boy. <laughs> but what would I wear? I said I'm not going. Dress, it's a kilt. The, the, that movie's so quotable. Oh, the Grinch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. highly quotable. I could hang myself with all the neckties I ever seen. Get, 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 I went to ponies like right in one time and turned it into glue. Man, let me know when you're. Sorry, you started it. Yeah, I'm just letting you know when you're done. Where was I? Do the do. Um, so, I don't know. Let's just kind of talk a little bit. What, what do we... Yeah, so we're kind of fleshing out the idea of a great Jedi, I guess, and why it can't exist. Here's it, the thing. You can have a balanced character. I think you can... Here's... Here's... I'll, I'll, I'll just say it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do it. I don't care that you broke your arm. <laughs> I don't care that you broke your arm. <laughs> I think that... What happened in episodes 7 through 9 in relation to the light side of the Force is an embrace of light side ideals with a rejection of light side ideology. Oh, that was not a chill sentence. It wasn't, but I had to say it. So what I mean by that is... Break it down for the common folk, as you called them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I'm not a classist. I just, I don't expect anybody to know what pharisaical meant. Uh... Go ahead. I've got this thing on you, and I'm gonna keep Go beating ahead. it. Go ahead. Call it a dead wow. horse. Wow! Wow! But it's gonna be glue. <laughs> Full circle. Anyway, uh, joke hour. What's going on here? <laughs> I just I saw an opportunity, and I went for it. But I think it's an embrace of the power of the light side, and that we choose it with shedding of. The ideas that were held by the Jedi Council at the time, because they were so pious that they thought that they couldn't be toppled, right? They thought or that, taught, or that the balance of the Force. I've seen a meme where it's Thanos. He's holding that knife and he's like perfectly balanced, like all things should be. And one end was zero Sith, and the other end was ten thousand Jedi. <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of a rejection of the Force in itself that it's a living thing and it's in all living things and. Because there's a light, there must be a dark that one can't exist without the other. And I think they're trying to suffocate the dark without really seeing what value it gives to the well, light. Well, it's interesting because in episode three, Palpatine says the dogmatic, narrow view of the Jedi. Yeah. And he's not wrong because... And it has to have been relevant enough to have struck a chord with Anakin. Oh, for sure. Right. Yeah, he sees through the lies of the Jedi. Uh, you've got the... Here's the thing. You've got the Jedi. It makes me feel nice. It makes me feel nice. <laughs> That's so funny. I happen to like it when you call me Senorita. It makes me feel nice. It makes me feel nice. Uh, it's funny because you have 
the Jedi who think the dark side users bend the force to their will and use it, you know. Right. It's almost kind of like a dark is the perversion it's, of the light. But to say that you're the only right way to do it mm-hmm. is a perversion of the force as well. Right. And so the the natural order of things is more what they would call in the gray, which is you are you're a vessel of the force and that's what Qui-Gon was all about. You got to be you got to be mindful of the living force and the mm-hmm. cosmic force and if that means you disobey the council then you disobey the council. Mm-hmm. And the council started to think we are the will of the force. Mm-hmm. And Qui-Gon was saying, "No, the force has a will of its own and I'm right. going to follow that." And that's why I don't want to the natural Jedi political order of things by the time the republic was at its supposed peak mm-hmm. by the, by before episode 1 is well yeah, well if I'm being invited on the council, that must be the will of the force because the masters are so in tune. But it turns out it was much better for the galaxy as a whole for him to reject mm-hmm. the masters. Right. Well, and I'm and glad to continue. You said some of the things you said because they bring up things that I wanted to mention. One of which What's was all the things you want to do. And I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, How pharisaical of you. Nah. Go ahead. I am so sad, you see. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Uh, so one of them is what a zealot. Yoda's vision that we see in the Clone Wars, which is one of Quinlan Vos's other appearances in the Clone Wars, where he has this i he has this vision that's uh, a fallacy, where he sees where Dooku never left the Jedi Council oh, and everything's yeah, yeah, yeah. all hunky dory, and Yoda's like, no, this isn't real. This is you know, this is a trick. Um, and it's part of his training through the wills of the fate, or the what is it? Yeah, wills of fate. What? The the daggum drama masks that are surrounding him. The, the wills. Yeah, the wills. Just called the wills. The wills. And uh, basically, Yoda has to come to grips with the idea that in order to truly be in touch with a comic cosmic force, he can't suppress his dark side tendencies. He can't reject them and just pretend like they don't exist you because, have to face because you have to understand that it's a part of you so that you can be in touch with the cosmic force. Mm-hmm. Right? The other part of that, I guess, is the idea that that's what was needed to hear the will of the force. That's why uh, Qui-Gon was so far ahead of anybody really in the entire Jedi Order. And it's cool because I think either Dooku or Rail in Master and Apprentice tells Qui-Gon that he has a connection to the cosmic force that may someday surpass Master Yoda, which is kind of a cool statement to make. Mm-hmm. But Qui-Gon also says something in Master and Apprentice, which I'm reading right now, by the way. Uh, and <laughs> that is, he's talking to Rail Avaros, which was... Rail. Rail Avaros. Doesn't mean I can't get laid. That's, yeah, that's what he says. And... Uh, no, that's a chill guy. <laughs> he, he was Dooku's apprentice before Qui-Gon. And they're talking about why we choose the dark, why we choose the light. And Rail says something along the lines of, you know, maybe we should choose the dark, because this is after Dooku's left the Order. He's kind of messing with the idea of it, and he's saying how maybe it's more powerful. And uh, Qui-Gon doesn't say, he says, we don't choose the light because it's more powerful. We choose the light because it's the light. Right. Which is such a cool idea. Yeah. And I think that's kind of where 7 through 9 really moved was we don't, you know, just reject the dark and suffocate it and only, you know, perpetuate the light. Yeah. We choose the light because it's the light. And we embrace that side of it. We acknowledge the dark and we move forward. Right. right. But all that to say, I, the dark and the light, while codependent, are incompatible. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. So I just, especially with the way canons is laid, like canons, the way canons laid out, I don't think that the gray Jedi can't exist. No, it can't exist, and I think that Mace Windu's use of Vapad is the closest we're ever gonna get. Right. Well, to and, someone being yeah. able to be a Jedi and dabble in using of the dark right. side. Well, and even and that, I don't even think that Vapad, Vapad is canon. Yeah, now. Vapad is Legends. So there you go with that, but um. You know, so Quinlan Voss is basically, he's he's so cool because he is kind of, he doesn't have the strength that Kenobi has. 
If, yeah, if not, the, not the strength of will. Had not. the strength of will that Kenobi had, he would be the perfect Jedi. Yeah. Because he's he has because psychometry is kind of seen as like a taboo thing. It's it's kind of like a I've always read I can't name sources off the top of my head, but it's not it's not frowned upon. Like they let him use it, but psychometry is kind Just of feel like, like an invasion of privacy almost. I don't know. It's kind of like. It's similar to in Master and Apprentice, they talk about don't be so obsessed with the prophecies because that's the way to the dark side because you're using prophecies to divine the future. Right, it's, it's a seeking out the future. That's the problem. And so I think it's kind of like, a, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's, I've always read, I'd have to find a source, but I've always read that it's kind yeah, of like a, a weird thing. I read that. But um, I think that it's not considered a dark side power, but it's considered not a super kosher thing. Hmm. Um, but Quinlan Voss is so the cool because the tongue of the Force world. Yeah, there you go. Um, so Quinlan Voss is so cool because he dabbles in both. But the thing is, in Dark Disciple, once he goes full dark, he is able to pull on the light and resurface to the light. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because they have that kind of idea in the legends as well that Dooku saying you have to come be retrained, and he's. Uh, dueling, Mace Windows dueling, like practicing with uh, what's the name of the weak way Jedi? Sora Bulk. Sora Bulk, and he's saying to Mace that Quinlan wasn't ready for this mission. Um, that comic line is pretty cool because it's almost a reference to Dark Disciple, where um, Quinlan set to go in an undercover mission on Dathomir, which shows how he kind of works with the Night Sisters before uh, the Dark Disciple storyline was set up so i think that's kind of cool reference um it's cool how they reference and reflect his relationship with obi-wan as well what um material is he on dathomir in uh that would be the did i write it down uh yeah infinity's end is the storyline with and it's from the omnibus Mm -hmm. so yeah it's the comic line called infinity's end interesting yeah but you see him there working with yeah, it's very cool. Um, Undercover, he's like enslaved to the Night Sisters because yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a schlong. And when he <laughs> <laughs> be subjugated, male. That was pretty chill, I would say. Um, it's interesting though, as well, because his um, whoever writes the Dark Horse stuff loves them some dinosaurs. Yeah, they've got a really cool species that Josiah pointed out. They're called the Yin Shori. Yes. And they're basically on, sorry, on Dathomir. Oh, sorry. Um, this is not the species I was thinking of. Okay. This is the Yin Shori are sentient. These are as well. I mean, like talking sentient, not just like you can kind of understand. Yeah, it. so these like, are these called have memories. These are called the Qua. Yeah. And the cool thing is, I always wondered, and I had forgotten, I had read this already, but. I always wondered, whenever you read about psychometry, people always talk about it being, you touch an inanimate object. I touched this microphone so I remember past right. podcast, or I remember you knocking over your drink, or mm. I remember Adam taking the first drink of this, or I remember whatever. So, Man, Josiah has got... <laughs> I got problems with you people, and you're no, going to hear about it. No, but, Festivus uh, for the rest of us. <laughs> That's funny. Um, R.I.P. But uh, mm. the interesting thing is... It also applies to sentient beings if he so chooses. Yeah, and I kind of think of that along the lines of, again, actually this would have been in Dooku, Jedi Lost. Uh, he learns about, uh, I think what people call beast control, but it's, uh, I forget, it's it's beast control. But it's being able to basically put your mind together with uh, an animal. Um, and then you have... Something that kind of oh, appears like that in look this up. Path of Destruction, where Bane uh, tames the Rancor and he's able to read his memory in, in places, and that's how he actually finds the Sith Temple with oh, yeah. uh, Revan's relic. So I don't know if it's necessarily psychometry that does that, but they he, just call it an animal bond. Yeah, and so uh, it's kind of Ezra Bridger has that. Yeah, yeah, and so uh, Dooku was supposed to be really good at it, and I think he passed that on to Qui Gon as well, which would explain why Obi Wan had it. And episode two comes full circle. Um, yeah. But anyway. Who does, Anakin, who does Obi-Wan have it with? Uh, oh, you know what? Never mind. I was thinking, Anakin, I'm thinking eh? of Anakin with, with the, the Reek. Reek. Yeah. 
Man, that reek is a bad mamma jamma. Yeah, it's pretty dope how he throws Django, but then Django's like... I really like it whenever um, you see that moment in episode two where Anakin's like calming him, but the reek knows something's wrong, and he goes... Yeah. And he shakes the whole way down. Yeah. That's probably how Padme felt the whole time, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> what? <laughs> I like you. I think my favorite part of episode two is the kissing scene but when she pulls away and the music stops really abruptly it's like ha it just stops John Williams is like this John Williams is like I heard everybody shut up dude yeah that's hilarious there could have been I could have done with 15 more minutes in the arena and just cut all the romance personally my father I sound like 95% of everyone else (laughs) um but yeah, I uh, man, imagine Dooku just taming beasts. Yeah. Well, and it comes up a lot in Jedi Lost. Yeah. Um, but man, Quinlan Voss, there's just so much to talk about. Yeah. But and he's he really is such an interesting Jedi because he's really not talked about that much in the main. Right. But he's such a good example for so many of the conversations that are being circulated without him really being the fore of those conversations very much. Right. Um, I think that, sorry, I'm looking on the Marvel app to see if you can buy this omnibus. Hey, you can. Really? Marvel's doing it, even though, I guess Dark Horse is. Well, Dark Horse. is smaller. They got bought out by Marvel. They got bought out by Marvel. Yeah. Or the rights to the Star Wars stuff got bought out. Um, But it's a, you can read it on um, the Marvel app if you like. Uh, the Quinlan Voss omnibus. It's just type in Quinlan Voss, and it's the only thing that comes up because it's a whole collection. Um, but it's really good. I really enjoy it, and uh, it's it probably on Comicsology as well, is my guess, um, which is through Amazon. But um, dude, so good. And this is, I mean, come on, this is how many pages? Good it's like God, four fifty, I believe. The, the last, the last one starts at like four seventeen. Yeah, dude. Whoever wrote this. The stories are really good. Look at all these dinosaurs. Those yeah. are the Inchori? Yeah, those are the Inchori. Look, there's him fighting with Crook. Yeah, freaking cool. Man, Crook is underrated too. Also, Dad. something oh. interesting in the comic series. Here's Alyssa Sidious Sakura. holding a blaster. I'm taking a picture of this. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. Maybe you just took it from that Inchori. It doesn't matter. He's holding it. That's still cool. Uh, something cool about the comic book is that because Ala Sakura was in it, also, uh, this chick's holding a there are pink lightsabers in this series. Yeah. And I don't know if that's oh, because who had of a, um, But Ayla Sakura's lightsaber is kind of pinkish. And yeah. the chick that got uh, stabbed to death by Savage Opress's head horns uh, also has a pink lightsaber. Yeah. This is Stas Ali. She gets killed in, in Order 66. Are they not the same one? They're two. They're very similar, but they're different. They're basically the same person. They're very similar. Um, there's a cool Doug. There's a Trandoshan. This is just a really cool... Even if you just are... You just dig the it's art. A, it's a cool series for creatures. Like, look at this. It's a Star Wars... Spoof Star Wars poster from the original Star Wars yeah. poster. They've got, uh... The Deveronian. He's holding the lightsaber like Luke. They've got Elitzakur in the place of Leia. Oh, yeah. Also, um... His master, Master Thulm, is a very, very cool character. Yeah. And uh, I remember they used to make Star Wars comic packs where you would get a comic book and two action figures, and he comes in one of those, and he has a sick cane. Mm. It looks like a cane that like an Egyptian would have from Prince of Egypt. Oh, something else cool about Quinlan, just to mention in passing while we're talking lightsabers. Dreads. He's got a cool like hand and a half lightsaber hilt. It's the longest one I've ever seen. Yeah. It's it's like twenty five to thirty percent longer than your average lightsaber hilt. <laughs> It's just, it's just very cool. Dude, well, so what is... Here's my thing. What is different from a, a Kifar and a human? Because the tattoos are tattoos. I don't know. I guess what's the difference between, like, death and mere females? They look human. They've got the well, tattoos. Well, their skin is white. Like, yeah. like chalk. No. This is like... I don't know. Speak for yourself. <laughs> but we'll put a link to this... Uh, to this omnibus, um, well, I guess there's not really an Amazon link, but maybe there's a Comicsology link. I don't know. We'll figure it out. 
um, or we'll at least maybe we can put a link to the Marvel app for your iPhones in there. And then once you get that, you type in Quinlan Vosh. You got to do a little bit of the legwork. You got to try. You got to want yeah. it a little bit. It's pretty easy. To find. Um, but this is just full of cool stuff. We could have walked page by page through here and could have had a cool three-hour expose. Yep. It's just I remember just I got me for this was a, a birthday present one year. I think maybe like my sophomore junior year in college. And I would have maybe would, one of the best presents of all time. You want to talk about I would a chill have a piece Jedi. of key lime pie and read. Got you through some dark times. Yeah, super chill. Now this guy looks like he smokes some something. Operatesis, oh, yeah. as Bless Points podcast calls him, bearded snake man. It's cool um, that they also flesh out some of the lesser steam Jedi masters as well. Here's a cool. Uh, here's a young Plo Koon. It looks like. Younger, yeah. These are like flashbacks. This is the one where we have flashbacks of Quinlan as an apprentice, and you see him side by side with Obi Wan. You also get some more Qui Gon Jinn material, which is you can always have more Qui Gon. Why Jinn. can't yeah? More Qui Gon is better Qui Gon. Also, there's a cool, um, oh my god, hammerhead species, Ithorian. Thank you. Wow, I'm gonna go home. Knocked and it out of the park. Hurt myself. An Ithorian. Jedi Master. Ithorians may be my favorite background alien species. There's a really cool Ithorian Jedi Master in, in the original uh, Clone Wars. The O3 2D. Oh, I was thinking about the one in Path of Destruction. I'm thinking about that book a lot tonight. Or, no, this would have been book two because he already had Xana. Um, the one that specialized in battle meditation. Yeah, that seems kind of like a Sith thing to me personally, but whatever. There's Master Thalm. He's sick. Yeah, so Obi-Wan and uh, and uh, Quinlan were same age, basically. Yeah. It's cool that... I think he's also unique in so much of his canon... Or his legend stuff got made canon. That's really cool to me. Um, what, what do you mean? Well, that they pulled on his relationship with Obi-Wan, that they referenced the fact that he served on Dathomir undercover, and he has that close relationship with Ventress in Dark Disciple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, He's just a very... He's His a, psychometry. I mean, those are kind of central things to him, but it's cool that... Yeah, they, but they could have changed anything. Yeah. I think that he's really cool, and I think he's just... Uh, he's a character that you can really, really fall in love with, and there's lots of material out there mm-hmm. for him, you know? Which is funny, because of... I mean, I guess he does make a, a decently prominent appearance in, in The Clone Wars, but it's just two or three episodes. And I guess... Uh, anything else super crazy before I just tell you a little bit of inside info for Dark Disciple, and then we'll wrap it up? Uh, I think I've covered everything I wanted to talk about. Hey, where was he in Yoda's vision? He was just in the courtyard talking out, in the Jedi Temple. Out about? Yeah, just kind of. Well, he was just a backyard. Back, uh, backyard again? Back, yeah, backyard again. A background <laughs> character where I think. Uh, Can we talk about how this should have been in season seven? I, I was voting for it, dude. But, but I think it's twelve episodes. Yeah. I think it's a 12-episode arc yeah. that was going to have to be made. Dave Filoni, I will pay you. Can you still make it. They could still, still do it. Still just do it. it. Just straight to DVD or straight to Disney+. Plus. Or just like... I uh, guess it would be straight to Disney+. They Plus do no like limited what. series <laughs> now, right? So Yeah, Dark Disciples nice series. series. Dude, cool. that would be sick. Now, one thing that's really cool is this book was written by Christy Golden, who actually got her Star Wars start in the Fate of the Jedi series, which is a pretty good series. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bad guy in that series is a creature slash woman named Abeloth. Now look her up and tell me your head doesn't hurt after all that information. Because she's the mother of the Force wielders from the Mortis arc. No way. Yeah, what? look it up. Look That's it up. Crazy. Look it up. Your brain will bleed. What is That's... she? What? Just look it up. It's crazy, bro. Look it Spell up. Spell it. Me. Look it up. Spell Abeloth. A B E. L O T H. It's a very yeah. strange character. I would have spelled it A B A, so I'm glad I asked. Abeloth. Yes. Um, so Christy Golden wrote it out, right? Because she's obviously a writer. Right. But what was cool is in the, the foreword, she talks about that she had to take the scripts for the concept right. and really turn that into a, a novelization. Now, the writer of the scripts for the episodes is none other than Miss Katie Lucas, George Lucas's yep. daughter. And that's why this is so magical. Yeah, it's cool. She's got it in her because, blood. Yeah, the midi chlorians were passed on. Yeah, the legacy, the legacy of, of the Force, as it were. Ooh, that's a great series. Nine books. Yeah, check that one out. 
Yeah. It's just, it's very well written. It's a very cool story. There's a lot of conceptual stuff. The characters are well put. It's really cool. It's probably the best Ventress we ever get. Yeah. I think it's a very, it's redemp- oh, where redemption for Ventress where are they, in a major way. Yeah, for sure. Where are they at whenever he has to go under the water that whole time? That's on Dathomir. Is it? Yeah. Dude, just some crazy stuff that goes down. There's but it's some super cool dope. force creatures, man. Yeah, super dope stuff. Quinlan Voss is an awesome character. Um, he goes light, he goes dark, he comes back. He is the man of extremes. He's either the most chill light side dark character or full-blown darkness. Yeah, he's very, very... You know what? And if he went full dark and stayed there, maybe he could have beat Dooku. I don't know. Dooku seemed to subjugate him pretty well. Dooku is pretty raw. Yeah. I'm telling you, y'all are sleeping on my boy Dooku. He could yeah. probably have done what Vader did. He's the opposite of Qui-Gon in the sense that... Uh, in Master and Apprentice, or in Jedi Lost, I can't remember. They kind of bleed together because they came out like five days apart. And I think it was a day. Storyline. I think it was a day apart. Master and Apprentice dropped, and then because Dooku was just yeah, audible. Yeah, audio only. Um, but anyway, they were talking about Qui-Gon, and he said, you won't find him in the extremes. Like, he's just very chill, very... Super chill. Yeah, but more... Centered. Centered than just Okay, footloose. so, yeah. Imagine Quinlan Voss perfected is Qui-Gon, except for Quinlan's probably more powerful in the Force Raw. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right, so before we go, Obi-Wan or Quinlan Voss, who has more natural Force ability? Who's to say? I'll tell you who it is. It's Quinlan Voss. That's my thought. I really think so. Just natural ability. Obi-Wan is a hard worker, and he is a seeker of knowledge and understanding. I think but that still apprentices it's... are the product of their masters. Well, in that case, Anakin really screwed over Obi-Wan. <laughs> it looks like you're a died on the front lines as a Jedi. You're, yeah. <laughs> you're kind of making them. Along with like the rest of them. For the rest of them. Um, but here's the thing, is that... Uh, Obi-Wan, I love Obi-Wan, don't get me wrong, even though Luke's the GOAT. Obi-Wan is still kind of stuck in his Jedi ways, even by Return of the Jedi. When Luke's like... He is and he isn't. Because he didn't think... He was so far along, though, that he knew it was better for him to die. A la Jesus and let the helper come so that he could be a part of the cosmic force. Yes, 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 for sure. But I'm I don't, saying... I don't see any Jedi in the time of Episode Three having that foresight, having that presence of mind, mm-hmm. thinking that they're not the only one that could do it. Right. Well, part of it is nobody in Episode Three had a relationship with the cosmic force, and that was part of their issue. Qui-Gon. Well, Qui-Gon was already dead. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, and he and the cosmic force were like this. But what I'm saying is in Episode Six. Obi Wan's like you got to kill you got to confront Vader. He's like I can't kill my father, and he goes, "Then the Emperor has already won." Was he wrong? Pretty good, eh? Uh, No, he was a hundred percent wrong. He was completely right. You heard it here. (laughs) No, what the heck? That's your hot take for the night. (laughs) Obi Wan has never been wrong. He's never done anything wrong, and I love him forever. Obi Wan Kenobi has never made a mistake. Nope, not one. Wow. You said it yourself that people are bent to the will of the Force. What? When did I say that? You said it earlier when we were talking about the dark side and the light side. When did I say that? When I just said you said it. They have a natural bent. That's what I meant. They have a bent. Yeah. Natural towards dark, natural towards light. Here's a mistake. Count Dooku says, Right now, a dark lord of the Sith rules... Darth Sidious. And Obi-Wan was like, I don't believe you. I don't believe a thing you say, Dooku. Sidious is a figment of your imagination. It'll take 12 years of war and the slaughter of the entire Jedi Council for me to believe you. And yet, in the end, Obi-Wan. Shut up. In the end, Luke Skywalker. Because Obi-Wan. Negative. Dude, what if... Bro, what do you mean Negative. What do I mean? Negative what? Obi-Wan was the reason that Luke even made it half as far as he did. Old Ben Kenobi watching over him on Tatooine. Have you even read from a certain point of view? Yeah, he protected him. That's a good point. 
and trained him and sent him to Yoda and let himself be killed. That's the that's the most important thing is the sacrifice. But um, I think Yoda definitely trained. Okay, who do you think was more of a master to him, Yoda or Obi Wan? That's a really tough question. Uh, I never saw Luke yell out, "Ben!" when uh, Yoda died. He was much more emotionally attached to Obi Wan, I think. It's interesting because in *Heir to the Empire* by Timothy Zahn, he's talking to Obi Wan. He's, he's ghost attached still. to Obi Wan, and. I Timothy think he always Zahn, saw him as his first master, even Timothy though Zahn, finished for his sure. training. Timothy Zahn has a very interesting take on, eventually, your connection to the living force is transcended by the cosmic force, and you can no longer make contact. Yeah, I'm kind of glad that that's kind of... I kind of dig that, though, in a way, because it's like, so what's... I don't, because then what's, like, the point? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, the whole point was sacrificing oneself yeah, so yeah, yeah, that you for could sure. be more powerful than anyone could possibly imagine. For sure. I wish we could see that, though. I wish we could have that flushed out, though. Yeah, I'd like to have it. Um, yeah, we missed that whenever the concept art for Rise of Skywalker came out. And there was a moment where the ghost of Luke Skywalker is talking to Kylo Ren. And Kylo Ren tries to attack the ghost of Luke Skywalker. And the ghost of Luke Skywalker grabs... Kylo Ren's lightsaber out of midair and stops it with his freaking hand. He's just holding it like a dadgum popsicle. Now that's power. We did see Yoda that's set power a tree money on camp. fire from the afterlife. Huh? I said we did see Yoda set a tree on fire from the afterlife. Uh, yeah, more impressed I've with seen, holding a freaking lightsaber with your hand. I don't know. I've seen Sith create force lightning. I have never seen a Sith pull it down from the sky. Like freaking Thor. That's pretty sick. Uh, Snoke did that cool bounce pass. Sith lightning. The same. Remember that? Yeah, I do remember. He was like, Zaza. I also remember when he let Ray think that she pulled the lightsaber and then knocked her on the back of the head with it, insult to injury. Snoke was so cool. He was. Dude, what was Snoke gonna? I know. Okay, at the end of the day, if you're Disney, you have to say, yeah, of course, we always had our ducks in a row. Come on, we've been thinking Palpatine since the beginning. And maybe they were, but I don't think that Snoke is like a clone poopsiekins you know was did, the plan the whole time. You know who did think that Ray was a Palpatine from day one? Us. Us. I saw this move here. Oh, yeah. I was sold. And I was like... We were literally walking out of the theater and just, I was like, who that look like to you? And I was like, Palps, 100%. She's a Palpatine. And everybody's like, she's a Kenobi. And I was like, no. She's a Palpatine. Palpatine. And I stuck to my guns all the way to episode nine. And guess what? She's a fucking Palpatine. Now, how it would have been raw is if that lady said, Ray who? And she said, Ray Palpatine. <laughs> and shook that old lady. None of your beeswax. You know that lady's probably 45. She's just been on Tatooine. <laughs> two sons will do that. Two sons. Yeah. I'm not two, li- two little rugrats running about. They'll take the life out of you. <laughs> two sons. That's awesome. Um, man. They're twins. They're twins. <laughs> Stupid, bro. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess we should stop. Anyway, we'll keep Quinlan. going. Quinlan Vos, amazing Jedi, underrated. Uh, can we get a black series of him already? What's up with that, Hasbro? A black series Quinlan Vos and a black series Jar Jar. Por favor. I'll take a one of one. If you don't think it'll sell on the mass market, I totally get it. Just saying. Dude, he'd be, he would like it, okay? So here's the thing. If you like this video, make sure you like and subscribe to the channel. Click the notification bell so you find out when new videos come out. Tell your friends and family. Tell your your leadership, your pastors, your whatever. They need more wisdom all the time. You know what I'm saying? So like and subscribe to this channel. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Chiss Ascendancy or Chiss Ascendancy Podcast. Look it up. You'll find us. And uh, just remember, may the force be with you always. You know what, Josiah? I think sometimes for, you forget. But uh, you just need to know. <laughs> the only family you have here is me. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs>